You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. some praise here this morning hallelujah God there's something about your name hallelujah you have a name that's above every name there's healing in that name amen deliverance in that name hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus praise your name oh hallelujah feels good Amen. To be in the house of the Lord here this morning, surrounded by God's presence. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Something just changes in the atmosphere just when we begin to recognize the power that's in that name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise your name. Amen. Amen. Here this morning. Pastor and Sister Carter, they are away, so pray for them. Um, they're, uh, they've made the trek down to Indianapolis for general conference. And so uh, they have a, a week full of meetings and services and sessions. So, amen. Just pray that they'll come back refreshed, renewed. Of course, Pastor, he was determined that the storm would not stop him, even though his flights were canceled. And so he drove all through the night, Friday night, to make it to Quebec City and flew up from there. <laughs> and um, amen. So they're down there safely now. And amen. And uh, he, he sends word to the church. Amen. Uh, just, uh, just this morning, uh, I'm going to speak to you a few, for a few moments. I won't be long on this topic. He's coming. He's coming. Amen. Can I get a hallelujah? He's coming. Amen. Amen. And just uh, if you have your Bibles, if you could turn to me to Luke chapter 3, we're going to begin to open up there. Luke chapter 3. Amen. It says, The word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness, and he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance. For the remission of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet, saying the, word, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth. And all flesh, somebody say all flesh. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Jump down to verse 15. It says, and as the people were in expectation. All the, as the people were in expectation. And all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not. John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I cometh. The latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Whose, 
whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner. But the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. And many other things in his exhortation preached he unto the people. And so just uh, if you would lay your Bibles down here right now, we're going to lift up our hands, lift up our voices one more time, and just ask God, amen, to speak through his servant here today, to minister to each and every one of us. God, we are so thankful to be in this place once again. Lord, I pray, God, that you would open up the hearts to receive of everybody that's here, all those that are watching and listening online. God, I pray that you would prepare us as a church, prepare us as individuals, God, for your coming. Let your will be done in your church. We give you all praise and all glory. And somebody said, Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. It was prophesied by Isaiah in the Old Testament that there would be one who would come to prepare the way of the Lord. This is John. Crowds of people would come to hear him and to be baptized, and on this particular day, they were quite inquisitive of John. They wanted to know who he was, and John, he reaches back into the words Isaiah wrote as he was inspired by the Holy Ghost in chapter 40, verse 13 of the book of Isaiah, and he states, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his pass straight. Even though he confirmed his identity with them, the people were still wondering if he was actually the coming Messiah because they were looking for him. The Bible says that they were in expectation. The people of this day were looking for any clear signs of his coming. They wanted deliverance. They wanted this long-awaited prophecy fulfilled in their time. Always watching. Always anticipating. They were expecting if you rewind with me back 10 and a half, 11 years ago, my wife and I found out that we were expecting our first child. There were baby showers, baby toys, rubbing the belly. I could go on. We went through prenatal classes together, and um, the teacher brought out this pregnant suit for the men to wear. No one wanted to do it at first, but finally someone volunteered, or maybe his wife volunteered him, I'm not sure. And he got to experience the weight, the heaviness of pregnancy. Of course, women have to live with this ever-increasing weight for nine months. He got to experience it for just a few short minutes. Nobody knew the day or the hour that the baby would come, but we received an approximate due date from the doctor, and we, we, we kept counting down the days until our baby would arrive. My wife would say things like, I wonder what it is as she held her pregnant belly. And I, of course, as the supportive husband assured her, well, it's a baby, of course. And the time would come that we would have an ultrasound and look into the womb and <laughs> just seemed like a miracle. See our baby moving and the heart beating. Time stood still as we got to peer with amazement into the womb to see what God was doing. How intricate, how amazing is God's creation. As time got closer for the arrival of our baby, anxiousness started to set in, and you have to start getting everything ready. Painting, decorating the room, setting up furniture, stocking the closet and dresser with clothes and diapers and soothers and toys. Finally, the day came 
nine months of expectation, nine months of preparation and anticipation, and then all of a sudden you hear the words, it's time. The overnight bag is grabbed, and off to the hospital you rush. The baby's coming. The baby's coming. And finally, here he is, eight pounds, six ounces of pure awesomeness. And all the preparation had been worth it when we got to look at the face of our baby boy. And all the preparation that we did up until that point, we thought we were ready, even though we felt anxious, until there were no more doctors and no more nurses, and they said, you can go on your way home. And we packed up our little one into the car and drove off. And we got all the way home, and I still remember opening up the front door of our house, and as soon as we stepped in, Levi started to cry. And we both looked at each other. We're like, what do we do? <laughs> and all the, our, our phone rang, and my mother-in-law, she called. My stepmother-in-law called, and she said, how are you guys making out? How's everything going? And we're like, well, we're, we're going to be okay. And she's like, well, do you want me to come? And well... No, no, we'll be all right. Well, about half an hour later, there was a knock on our front door, and she opened up the door. And if you've ever seen a grown man cry, please tell us what to do. <laughs> we thought we were prepared. And um, she, hey amen, she was our saving grace that day. There were struggles along the way, sure. First trimester, nausea, fatigue hard time concentrating, mood swings, and that's just for the men. <laughs> no, honestly. <laughs> Second trimester, changes start to happen. Baby starts to show more and more. Third trimester, gets harder to move around. It gets uncomfortable. But all of it, all of it, all the struggle, all the turmoil, it's worth it. A book that is very commonly read by expectant mothers is What to Expect When You're Expecting. Oh, sweetie, you have to read this book. You know how many times we heard that? Especially during the first trimester, you have to read this book. But you do. You read books to find out about what you were to expect all along the way. You want to be in the know as much as possible. You know somehow that nothing can really prepare you for the moment that this baby comes into your life, but you have to prepare regardless. Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 38, he said, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That word belly, as we have it translated in our Bible, it refers to the womb. And it refers to it in a gender-neutral form, meaning that it applies to everyone, women and men, young and old. And all the men in here this morning are thinking, I know I don't have a womb. What is he talking about? What Jesus is talking about is a prophecy about his spirit that would come and live in us. We would, as it were, have a spiritual womb. He would come and live in us, the king of glory. Just imagine that for a moment, living inside of us. We will be able to birth things in the Spirit that whatever is bound in heaven will be bound on earth. Whatever is loosed in heaven will be loosed on earth as we stand in the promise of His Spirit and proclaim His victory in all the earth. Amen. God living in us is the way that He chose to get us ready for His coming. God's presence flowing like a river out of us.
John was telling everyone, I am not the one that you were expecting, but the one you are looking for, his shoes I am not worthy to even unloose. He will baptize you with Holy Ghost and with fire. And when Jesus shows up, John announces to the crowd that was there, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. This is the long-awaited one. This is the one that we've been expecting. Your wait is over. The only one that can take away the sins of the world is here. Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. And that's exactly what he did in a way that no one expected. He died on an old rugged cross, defeating sin's grip on this world, and with his resurrection, making a way for us to find forgiveness and freedom from our sins. He ascended back into heaven, but not without promising that he would not leave us comfortless, but would send his spirit to come and abide in us. And did he ever? Because in a crowded upper room, 120 people experienced for the first time ever the birth of the Spirit in this world. Acts chapter 2 verse 1, it tells us the story and it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Did anybody hear that rushing mighty wind yesterday? <laughs> Whoo! But there was a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And the Bible tells us that there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And His Spirit would be the key to help us live in this world and not let the world live in us. That's the key. It would be the key to keep us. It's not only saving power. It's keeping power. The multitude of people outside of this upper room, they heard the commotion. They heard the noise of what was going on, and they wondered, what in the world is happening? What in our world is happening? And boldly, one of the Lord's followers named Peter stood up in front of them and told them what you are hearing says in verse 16 of the same chapter, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. This is what was promised to us centuries ago. What, what you're hearing, what you're seeing happen right now is what was promised centuries ago. Jehovah, Lord Almighty, the one true God, would come and live in us. And when the, Bible, when the crowd that day heard this, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, it says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts, and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What do we have to do? And then Peter said unto them, Repent. Repent of your sins. Tell God you're sorry for everything that you've done that has been against him. 
And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now watch this. It wasn't just for them. It wasn't just for 2,000 years ago. It's for us today because he says, for this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's for you. It's for your children. It's for your children's children. God is calling. The Lord is reaching into this dark world with his marvelous light. He told them that his spirit would give them power to be witnesses. Witnesses of what? Witnesses of who he is in all the earth. The Savior. The King of Kings. The matchless Holy One. But that's not all. It would point to his return. The Lord promised us in his word that he is coming back. And let me tell you, church, it's not long now. It's not long now. Come on, somebody. It's not long now. We have been through a lot. We've gone through the stretching and the growing pains, the sleepless nights, the restlessness, knowing that any day now, he's coming back for his church. We have experienced the fatigue and the pain. And now all around us are seeing the changes that God said would happen. The story's not over. He has been pouring out his spirit on millions of people around the world. And as the day of his coming gets closer, we are seeing an amplification of people receiving that promise. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all the earth. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all the earth. Come on, somebody here this morning. That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. He's sending revival. We are seeing a multiplication happen, which is why now than, more than ever, as a church, we need to do whatever we can to prepare to receive the revival that he is sending, because he is sending revival, because he is not willing that any perish. He wants everyone to have the opportunity to be ready for his coming. Well, Brother Robertson, you say people have been telling us Jesus is going to be coming back for years and years. Yes, well, the Bible also tells us in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? He said he would be here. He said he was coming back. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Nothing has changed. But let me tell you, we must be getting close because the world is full of scoffers. Do you think he forgot what time it is? Does anybody need to give God a watch? He knows what time it is. He invented time. And only God knows when he will return. That just means that we always need to be ready. And I wish to God that everyone could be ready and expecting the Lord's return. And as God's church, our responsibility is to go in the highways and into the byways with the message of the gospel to be missionaries of this precious message to everyone that we meet. The first time that Jesus came, he came for sinners. The second time he comes, he's coming back for those who are ready and expecting him. And in Luke chapter 21, Jesus, he tells us things to look for so we know it is the last days. He says this in verse 10, Then he said unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in divers places, and famines, and pestilences, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. Jump down to verse 16. 
It says, and ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolks and friends. And some of you shall they cause to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Verse 20, it says, and when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Verse 25, it says, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the winds roaring. The sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with the power of and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up. Look up. Lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. This is how you know it is the end times. These things that Jesus preached about over 2,000 years ago and Luke penned, they are happening in our world today. Nation rising against nation. Pestilence happening throughout the earth. All that God is wanting is for His church to be ready. And He made a way for us to make sure that we are ready. The birth of the church began with the birth of His Spirit. That's the key. We knew, He knew that we couldn't make it to heaven on our own. We needed His abiding presence inside of us, guiding us, leading us, being lights in this dark world. Hope to the hopeless. Showing everyone, I once was in darkness, but God. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was empty inside, but now God abides. He's coming. He's coming. We live in an hour that any moment now, Christ is going to return. The Bible tells us that in the twinkling of an eye, as soon as you can bat your eye, that's how quickly he's coming back for his church are you ready? I was mowing our lawn a couple of weeks ago, and Sadie, she, she ran out to the yard and jumped up on the ride-on with me. She likes to ride around with me on the ride-on as I'm mowing the grass. And I told her to press the horn. Now, of course, it doesn't have any horn on it. And so when she pressed it, I made a sound. I said, ooga, like that. Well, she laughed, and then she said, that's what Jesus says about his bride. Awooga, awooga. And I threw my head back and started to laugh. And then I asked her, well, who's Jesus' bride? She matter-of-factly stated, the church. And I got thinking about that afterwards. Lord, do you think that your church is beautiful? Do you think that your bride, the one that you're coming back for, is beautiful? Isaiah chapter 62, verse 5, it tells us that he does. It says, as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. Oh. God rejoices over his church just like a groom rejoices over his bride. If we could all stand and I could have the music come back. I'm going to come to a close here. When my wife and I were expecting, uh, expecting a baby, I should say, and we knew the time was getting closer, we would make sure that everything was in order. We had to make sure everything was in order. Okay, go through the checklist again. Well, we've been through it a hundred times. Go through it again. 
make sure, make sure we haven't missed anything. Okay, I've got the bags packed. Everything's in the bag. The baby's room is painted. It's organized. The bassinet is built, ready to receive our little newborn. We're ready. We're, we're ready. We would tell everyone, even people that we didn't know, we're, we're expecting a baby. <laughs> oh, did you know we're expecting a baby? And I would, I would go up to strangers on the street with the ultrasound and be like, look, we're expecting a baby. <laughs> I, I was just so excited. We knew that one day we would reach the arrival date and off we would go to the hospital. God is checking us today. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to go? He's coming back soon, church. And along with telling us what to expect when we are expecting him to return, just like we read here this morning, we are also told, he also told us how to keep ourselves busy while we are waiting for him to return. How to prepare. You need to tell everybody. Go through the list again. Even people you don't know, tell them I'm coming back just like I said I would. He's coming. He's coming. How excited we were when my, when my wife finally told me it's time. It's time for the baby to come. I frantically run around the house. Okay, okay. All right, we've been through this. I, I know what to grab. <laughs> we grabbed the overnight bag. Oh, my goodness. When we were expecting Sadie, we had the storm of storms the night before. We got more snow than I've ever seen in my lifetime that one night. And so Jolene's father and I, we stayed up all through the night shoveling the snow to make sure that we could keep the path clear so we could get out, be, be ready to leave any moment. Any moment now, we could go. So we need to make sure that the path is, is clear, nothing in the way. And I got thinking, isn't that like our walk with God? Never giving up never throwing in the towel on God, but toiling to keep our path clear with the help of God's Spirit to make sure that when He does come back, we're ready. We're ready. Let me tell you, church, He's coming back like He said He would. He's coming back and He can't wait to see His bride. He's clothed His bride with garments of salvation and with His own righteousness. We've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. And just like Peter said here today, for anybody that might not be aware, Peter stated it on the day of Pentecost, how we are to make sure we are ready. Repent of our sins. Tell God you're sorry for anything that you've done wrong. The Bible tells us that he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. And to be baptized in his precious name for the remission, for the washing away of our sins. And being filled with his spirit. Being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost by evidence of speaking in other tongues. What we have to realize today is that right now we are in the delivery room. Just any moment now. God is preparing us and in doing so, he wants our church to be ready to receive the people. The revival that he's sending us to be part of his kingdom. Because he's getting his bride ready. Go into the highways and the byways. I'm getting my bride ready. The time is getting close. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. So church, get ready for revival. Get ready for deliverance. Get ready for hopeless to find hope. Get ready for miracles. Get ready for more people to receive His Spirit than we've ever seen before. Hallelujah. He's coming back, church. He's coming back. 
I'm going to open up the altars here today and I'm inviting every single person to come. If you feel comfortable praying in your seat, then you can pray in your seat, but I'm opening up the altar for you to step out and come. Hallelujah, Lord. And as you come, ask God to look over your heart again. Check the list again. Make sure that you've got all the paths clear. There's nothing standing in the way of his coming. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, let my heart be ready. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.